All right. So uh, let's. Uh, so you're recording. I'm recording yep. as well. So okay. Hello, Erin uh, Saunders from Inclusive Innovation Incubator. Uh, we are at uh, N3 Talks, I believe, 23, like right? 23, 24. Yep. Um, so welcome. Uh, it's been a quite some time since uh, uh, the world has heard from you. I know you've been doing these random videos of two, three minutes. Mm. But um, you closed shop on November 15th of 2020. Uh, and since you haven't spoken much about, and we haven't had uh, an in three talk, so give us a little bit of uh, how it went down in the sense that what, what manifested in the uh, in the closure. Uh, so I mean, it really was more what's the procedural than anything else. I mean, for anybody who's ever moved out of their house, kind of you kind of know. It's like moving day is a pain, right? So mm -hmm. I, I kind of dragged it out. So, uh, you know, I was moving stuff out little by little. Um, the last day came, put our stuff in and moved on. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know how you feel, right? Clearly there's some, lack of a better word, emotional, you know, something that you kind of go through. It's like, you knew it was coming, you knew it was gonna end. Um, but it's still, I mean, you're still a little saddened by it, mm -hmm. um, but I reflect on other folks who are a lot worse off than myself, right? And so, I mean, you know, that whole, that whole thing, you know, count your blessings, not your disappointments. Um, we accomplished a lot in the mm -hmm. physical space. We learned a lot in the physical space. We'll take those lessons learned and we'll pivot, you know, and, you know, find the new model for in three that reflects the current content. And that's what we're doing right now. So, I mean, the reality is the the continuing to try to own, operate, and maintain a physical space in this economic climate just didn't make sense anyway. Right. Um, but you always like to leave on your own, right? You like mm -hmm. to make it's like a relationship. Like, uh, no, I broke up with you. <laughs> you didn't break up with me, right? Like, <laughs> let's just make it clear. I dub you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the dummy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, um, but but other than that, you know, um, it's given me time to kind of fo focus for folks who follow me, my technical content. It's given me a lot more time to focus on um, the technical content that I'm creating on my YouTube channel. Um, seeing a lot of growth there, trying to figure out as you know, you and I discussed before, Rahel, how do we you know, continue, and I'll use your word, mission that you were kind of pushing me on in a separate chat. It's like, how do we continue the mission of providing content to get more folks into the tech um, space, but recognize that it's still a business, right? This is a lesson I'm gonna learn early on that I might've mm -hmm. lost on some of my other businesses. It's like, it takes time to generate that content, put it out to market and mm -hmm. promote it. And right now, because um, I have enough subscribers to monetize and run ads, but I don't have enough hours. So the way YouTube works is, you have to have at least a thousand subscribers and then in a year you have to have at least four thousand hours four thousand hours yes i believe it's four thousand hours of watch time on your videos right mm -hmm. um before you can start monetizing right so right. like i'm stuck in this middle place where i have about two thousand hours of video um i have enough subscribers my subscriber count is going up but i can't run ads mm-hmm mm-hmm um 
Yeah, so no, we'll talk about a little bit more about um, the, you know, the content uh, creation and what the importance of your content has been in, in terms of monetization and from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, but I want to go back to the fact that you have, you know, invested three years of your life. Uh, I know you can, you know, you needed some time to be reflective. Mm. When you closed uh, November 15th, we are uh, December 9th month, yeah. and you know, it's almost a month since you closed. You've been pretty um, quiet. Indeed, indeed, quite quiet, right? And okay. so I, I just wanted to, to allocate the due time for the discussion of one, based on your investment of your time, your energy, I know your personal capital as well, uh, that has been invested in inclusive innovation incubator, which is important for us to discuss it because mm -hmm. from an entrepreneur perspective, uh, all that investment was for, how about you complete that sentence was for what? I mean, I, I like the way that you use the word investment, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've had some folks talk to me about it and you know, they're coming at it from, Oh, you must be upset because of, you know, they know what I, as I would say, like you, they know what I have invested in it. But although people use that word investment, they don't really mean investment. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like I knew from the jump that this was a for like this was a pilot project, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like they're like years and years of experience on how you run an innovation space or black and brown folks. Um who don't have access to a lot of services. You don't necessarily have the capital and support that you need. There's not like a rule book on how to do this. Right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. all the, you know, the armchair quarterbacks who can now sit back and say, oh, well, you should have done this, you should have done that. It's like, well, fuck you. I mean, excuse me, you didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know then, yeah. you still don't yeah. know now because yeah. you haven't done it. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, what I say to some people was like, so you're judging me Mm -hmm. We work a billion dollar company, basically, and I'll say they shit the bed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So absolutely. how are you going to sit here and tell me, oh, you should have done this and done that, when even we work with all the money, all the capital, everything they had behind them, still mm -hmm. struggle to find the right model for even for them to be successful. And then if you start to look at all of the other co-working spaces, innovate, whatever you want to call them, like it, there is blood on the streets everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. instead of me focusing on that, I'm focusing on the lessons learned through the experience mm -hmm. and how do we take what we learn from this experience and adjust it for the current economic climate and where people are today. And that's what our, my focus is on now. Mm. So the, the, I fully agree with you. And I think you uh, shared an article for anyone who follows you on LinkedIn. And I believe you shared it on uh, Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. And Facebook, perhaps as well. Uh, the article that uh, that kind of exposed a little bit of what's happening to the uh, black-owned mm. uh, spaces, the co-working spaces. So perhaps, would you want to talk about yeah, that a little I mean, bit I'll, about the, the and, article? And, and yeah, and I'll add the link to the story to the um, to the post when we put it on YouTube mm. and um, the podcast. Basically, it was a report from the Plug. Cheryl Dorsey has this newsletter that goes out called the Plug. And she basically said like a third of the spaces that they had interviewed the last time around are gone, mm -hmm. uh, shut down. Yeah. Um, and I also know that I'm part of this organization called the Black Innovation Alliance. And the last time I checked in with them, they said a large number of the folks that are part of that, they have like a month of run. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. so clearly, mm -hmm. I mean, 
a lot of the a lot of uh, folks who do the kind of work we do, we count on sponsorships, right? Mm -hmm. we count on sponsorships, mm -hmm. sponsorships and partnerships, and you know without those, it's hard for us to kind of make the numbers work. And for those of us who have physical spaces, um, the revenue generated from the rent and from events and other things helped offset our costs. And so now you take that income away, not you take that revenue away, um, and it just creates a whole new set of challenges. And so now the idea is how do you get people to value an online community, right? Mm -hmm. To the point mm -hmm. where they will pay for that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And remember also, we're already focusing on a community who um, doesn't have a lot of capital spent. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the bandwidth of, of the black communities is getting smaller and smaller, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that's why I appreciated the article and you were quite candid about that and you, 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 when you posted on LinkedIn what marked me is how you mentioned that you were one of the victims of the closure, right, because of the realities of, of, the, of that. So just before we kind of pivot towards the online M3 uh, and all of the other online world that in which we, everyone has to transition, you as an entrepreneur, um, as an investor in your own vision, uh, it's not that you got outside resources outside of the small grants or somewhat of the grants that, uh, and the public-private partnership that you have with the uh, DC government and so on. Talk to us a little bit about what are the lessons learned from this experience? Because reality is COVID-19 has changed the game for everyone. Um, and then... Once the vaccination 2021 comes in, what do you, how do you foresee the co-working space of the black and brown community? I mean, and, I, I, and also I the lesson learned. So I want you to address the lesson learned and then what is to come, if, if that's okay. I think, I think the, one of the lessons learned is to have a better understanding and alignment of goals with your partners. Mm. Um, and to make sure that you're, you're, you've built the appropriate relationships so that um, everybody feels like they're benefiting from the relationship, right? Because otherwise it's not really a relationship. Someone, mm -hmm. you know, someone feels like, you know, they're doing all the giving and you're doing the taking. And, and making sure that you have those relationships because both sides could feel like they're doing all the giving and the other one's doing all the taking. And then you're just kind of stuck. Um, so one lesson learned is you got to spend a lot more time in conversations with your quote partners, fund, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to kind of have a better relationship with them. And that, that's definitely a lesson that I learned through that. Um, another lesson is that a much heavier focus from jump on, um, identifying additional sponsors. Right? Yeah. Um, we, we counted in my, I mean, this is a postmortem, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we counted on, on DC government for entirely too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time in the business and not focusing on building the business. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So it was a focus on the day-to-day -day operational stuff. And we, actually, the, the other, I'll use a business school word I was taught in business school. We were being very tactical and not very strategic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the time we recognized it and we started being strategic and we knew the direction we were heading, you know, then COVID hit and kind of 
but it's not bad because we, I don't know if we'd be ready for our next step now had we not gone through what we gone through, right? Mm -hmm. We might still be as naive as we were when we started that process. Right. Right. Absolutely. Which is, which is, I mean, to be frank, and there'll be people that get pissed off, is which is where I think a lot of people are now. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody and their mama is doing workshops online and webinars. Yeah. And <laughs> let me help you build your business. And like everybody's got their shingle out peddling. Right. Yes. yes and everybody's absolutely. online and everybody's accessible. And, you know, they'll learn. I mean, the challenge that we have now is like, how do we? rise above the noise and, you know, get in front of the people that we need to get in front of and demonstrate the value that we have so that people, you know, understand it. And then also, you know, get to the point where people understand why they're paying for it and the value that they're getting for it instead of them saying, well, you know, Billy Bob or Jimbo down the street, they have a free one. Why, you know, why should I pay you when I can get the same thing down there for free? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the, the, the content quality is what's uh, most, uh, and this is where we're going to talk about it a little bit more. So in terms of, before we kind of pivot to, towards uh, what is the, the, the online world, um, and we, we, do, we did say that at some point that we're going to talk about gaming, but perhaps we're just going to touch upon it today. But uh, the, So what do you foresee for the 2021, 2022 the co-working spaces, given the real, the reality of most of them have, have been shutting down in 2020. As you know, uh, it's more about tactics than rather the strategic and those that haven't been able to kind of transition into the strategy and, and move on uh, have, have kind of had to figure out a different model. So what do you see for 2021, a new uh, government uh, coming in, a new administration most likely? Um, what do you foresee for 2021? I mean, I don't think that things are going to settle back down and get into normal until the spring or the, I mean, until the summer or the fall, right? If we take a look at where, where folks saying that things are with the vaccine, they're saying that it won't be ready, ready, what am I saying? Uh, it won't be accessible, <laughs> easily accessible until like the end of spring, summertime. Right? When you hear the interviews and they're saying like, when will I be able to just walk into my CVS or Walgreens and say, hey, I need, they're saying like, that won't be until the end of the spring summertime, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think the level of confidence that people are going to have of kind of going to spaces, gathering, um, it's going to take a while for that to kick in, right? And I, and I think, you know, people might say I'm crazy, but I think like we haven't even seen the worst of it yet. Like we still need to get through the winter, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, I think three three months from now, it'll be interesting to have a conversation about how we got through the winter. Like someone I interviewed today, like honestly, one of the questions they asked was like, you know, do you have any expectation that we have to come to an office or meet? Like, so people are asking that question right now before jobs. Is like they don't want to necessarily take a job where they're going to have to go out and meet with people. Right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that just lets you know where folks folks mind are and you know i'll be frank in our community it's it's unfortunate people aren't being as careful as they should be and you know black and brown folks are dying yeah, yeah. You know? and yeah, i don't, yeah. don't want to contribute to that right yeah. i don't want to be on someone's youtube or instagram you know with a bunch of black folks hanging around me you know and then in a couple of months you know folks are dead or in the hospital right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i mean i think it's uh 
it's also our skepticism as a culture about yeah. based on past history and so on and so forth that uh, we won't talk about. But um, I mean, okay, even, so, as I mentioned to you, you know, talking about the co-working spaces, you know, mm -hmm. through through I have access to WeWorks that I can work at, and then you know, I've I've gone to three different WeWorks in DC where I've worked on because you know, at least once a week I got to get out of my house. I'm going crazy, and mm -hmm. they're they're I wouldn't say they're completely empty, but mm -hmm. they're empty. like. Yeah. I maybe see two or three other people in the spaces that are working. Um, mm -hmm. Like people just aren't going out. And I mean, these are even with the offices that are in them. Like there aren't even people in their offices. Yeah. Just people don't want to be out and be in these spaces now. They're just, they're just at home. And so, you know, post COVID, how those spaces evolve. Um, I have some ideas on how I want to approach it, you know, for, mm -hmm. for the work that we do. Um, I'm not prepared to kind of talk about them, <laughs> but, but, I, I, but I do have some ideas on, on what I think is the right approach on how we can kind of rebuild that, that um, in-person community along with our strategy for building our online community leading up to that. Absolutely. I think it's, um, no, this is great because um, it's the reality of things in terms of our culture. Um, so let's, let's pivot towards the online inclusive innovation incubator. I know uh, from our uh, earlier discussion, um, offline discussions, that you are building an online platform uh, to to ensure to service um, to provide the services that are you have been providing for the last three years uh, for under the Inclusive Innovation Incubator. So, can you talk a little bit about that? What people are are uh, are expecting to to see once they go to n3dc.com? I think that the the online platform slash community that we're focused on probably won't be available in Q1, mm -hmm. right? Our focus in Q1 will be um, the, I think we have three programs that we have lined up for Q1. And so our yeah. focus will be more on um, getting back out there to support the community and support the entrepreneurs that are out there, um, highlight our partnerships with the, uh, the folks that we're working with, um, and to let people know that N3 is still doing the work that we started out to do, is, it, it is just online. Mm -hmm. um, the purpose of the platform is to create that online community and, and have a space where folks who have gone through our programming can still come together and kind of work with each other. You know, the feedback that we've gotten from all of the programs that we've run, our workshops and our classes, but the importance of the relationships that the people have built with the cohort that they're in, and we want to provide a space for them to stay engaged. Mm -hmm. um, we'll find other strategies using some off-the-shelf software to kind of maintain that community until we can transition it onto our own platform. Yeah, so the, um, without, you know, kind of doing a deeper dive on terms of the program, so uh, I know we have the Inclusive Innovation Labs, uh, which is quite important, the, the, the entrepreneurship uh, as well, uh, and other tech programs. So just in terms of creating a parallel with the programs and the realities of today, how, what do you see in terms of, because a lot of the, the monies from, and we've heard about it, your newsletter, one of your past newsletters covered that in terms of all these companies that have invested um, in, in these uh, legacy organizations or just uh, DNI programs. Uh, so how do you, if, if an investor, meaning a company that wants to do corporate social responsibility and wants to say, hey, you know what, I need to figure out a way to create a pipeline. 
uh, of black and brown folks in tech or uh, entrepreneurs? What would you say to them? I mean, it, it's funny. I, I sent out a short tweet about that today from, you know, I at Clearly Innovate in my other business, we are looking to hire apprentices slash interns to kind of bring on um, to support the work that we're doing. And um, I posted, I tweeted, so in 128 characters, I tweeted about it and took the same tweet and page posted on LinkedIn. And um, I'm finding qualified candidates, right? So the talent is out there. It's about the relationship that you have with that community is how you can get the talent, right? Mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. can spend all the money you want to spend on a, D, on a head of DNI and all this other stuff. But if you're not building relationships inside of these communities, you're just not going to find the talent that you're looking for. Well, you won't find the wealth of it, right? And so you'll continue to have this naive perception that it's just not there. It's mm -hmm. not there for you because you haven't demonstrated that you give a shit about that community. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, at a time where people are worried about all the other things that are going on in their lives and around them, like, why do I want to be part of something or someone or somebody that I know doesn't give a shit about me or my community or who I am or what I'm about, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit more about this whole DNI thing, because I, without going into the discussions we have offline, <laughs> but uh, talk, share with us a little bit about your thoughts, the censored thoughts, my, not my, the my uncensored thoughts. That, thoughts. That, actually, I, I almost got into a, a longer post about it today, it, and it comes on to what I come back to what I was kind of saying at the end. There, it's like you get what you give. Right? And mm -hmm. this, this attitude that, um, well, you're my employee and you should be grateful or you should be thankful that you have this job, mm -hmm. right? That, that attitude needs to go away to start to reap the benefits of, you know, the quality talent that's out there because they know they're good at what they're doing. And so their point is like, why do I need to go work someplace where someone has that attitude? Like, right. like they're doing me a favor, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's bad enough you're pro you got, sometimes you go into these situations and everybody else around you feels like you're only there because you're black. But then when mm -hmm. the people that are hiring you think that even they're doing you a favor, then it's like, why well, I got to deal with this bullshit, right? Mm -hmm, why do I need mm -hmm. to go work in that community? You know, why do I, and I don't care about, you know, what kind of quote DNI program you claim you have or what's happening internally, right? In the end, you're going to show your ass. Right? Yeah. as they say. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. And, and yeah. what people should realize is in this day and age of how quickly information can fly around on social media, you know, you can't hide who you are any longer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. so like, yeah. I don't know if you saw like this whole debacle with Coinbase that's going on now. They had the huge no. story in the New York Times about how they were treating their black employees. Um, you saw recently what happened with Google and then firing yeah. that woman. Yeah, like, so you simply can't hide anymore, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can say one thing and post it on your website and now everybody, you know, you can go to every website, they got at least one person of color on their HR page, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that hustle. Let's put one smiling mm -hmm. person of color there just to make it look like we give a shit. <laughs> yeah, just to say, yeah. Right, but, but, but all someone needs to do is look at your social media, you know, look at the, your CEOs, your, your leaders on Twitter, on social media, and they're all showing their assets, right? Mm -hmm. So you already know, 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're going to make the investment to really make a change, you need to make an investment all the way through your organization, not just in one department that's set aside, it's supposed to be focused on that. And I, and I think that until that becomes a reality, I just don't know how, how you move forward. I mean, I think there's some organizations that get it. Mm-hmm. I still think that, um, I think, I still think it's hard because there's a mismatch set of expectations. Right. right. Like right. folks are like, y'all need to fix this shit today. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they just want to snap their fingers and it be done. And the reality is it just doesn't work like that. It's um, fully agree. I, I, I think uh, we've talked about it and I'm happy that you give the censored version of your thoughts <laughs> in, in many ways. Um, you know, so let's talk about um, the, you know, the, because you have been in the tech space for quite some time. The one thing I've always admired about you is the fact that you have had so much experience in the tech space. I mean, when I found out that you were first uh, one of the very few who started on e-commerce platforms, for instance, and you traveled the world doing e-commerce things and troubleshooting and so on. And I hadn't known you for years when before I, I even knew about that about you, right? Um, and so... Tell us about, you know, understanding where the world is going. And you and I have talked off, offline about where a lot of the, the world is going and how the black and brown communities will really be impacted and so on. How do you see your work being relevant in that space? How, in terms of importance, in terms of impact and so on? I mean, our, our focus is, and it's interesting because in one of the interns I interviewed today asked me a similar question. And, you know, it really is, for folks who are paying attention, it's the convergence of all the work that we do in the tech space with the work that we do in IN3. Like a lot of folks are just like, I don't, like, they don't see how the two fit together. Mm. Right? Um, actually funny, another person that I interviewed today um, you know, a previous work experience he had, he was teaching black and brown kids about HTML and CSS, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he told me that he spent a lot of time just convincing them why it mattered. Like, Mm. why understanding technology and how to build stuff was important. Like, these kids just thought it was a complete waste of time. They had no interest in it whatsoever. And that's a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. one thing that COVID has shown us is that technology matters. Um, the ability to reach people matters. Um, and that a lot of the way we communicate with each other from our personal perspective, our professional perspective, from a business perspective has changed that a lot of it is online. Mm. Right? Um, and you need to understand technology to get online. Right? Yes, absolutely. To, even if you aren't going to build it, you need to understand what op- what opportunities are out there, what tools are out there, how to leverage these tools, like all of that stuff is a requirement. Mm-hmm. And before people felt like they could take their time to get there, but like mm-hmm. time's up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Time's up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's created an opportunity for those people who A, were already there, or those mm-hmm. people who were more comfortable with technology for them to kind of excel. And for those mm. who weren't there, they're behind. And for those who aren't willing to kind of, you know, make the effort to learn or make the investment in the technology, they will die. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. 
So, how, so the black and brown communities, because we both know the realities of the black and brown communities, um, technology, they, they're not there yet. Uh, I know you have uh, been creating a, a technology solution to address the, the needs of black and brown folks in, in the e-commerce space and so on to make it as simple and, and being able to transact in a smooth manner, right? Um, talk a little bit about that in terms of what do you see, because you're a small business owner, uh, you see the, the plight of the black uh, community in, this, in terms of the small business. And you know, you've been talking about this whole technology gap be it between, you know, uh, those that know and those that don't know, right? And those that can use it and that those that can't use it. Um, talk, like, do it deep. Like, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a, per, a perfect example on, on a, a, a client that we're working with now, which hopefully yes. we'll have her, her on one of our in three talks. Like, mm. she, we're building a technology platform for her um, to work with other small business owners, right? right? And she's went out and spoken to some of these small business owners. And, like, even to this day, like, mm -hmm. one of the customers were like, why do I need a delivery service? Like right. even as bad as things have <laughs> right. been right. in March. Yeah. So a retailer that she spoke to was like, what do I need to, why do I need to do delivery? Mm -hmm. Like they don't understand that that's where the world is going to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? yes. Yes. And this was a black, mm -hmm. this is a black owned business that had been in business for a long time. For like, the I'll use the term that we use like at the mom and pop shop, maybe two to three yeah. employees. And they are still blind to the fact that you need to meet customers where they are and customers want shit delivered to them, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. we live in a world where Amazon has convinced everyone that you should not have to wait for anything. Mm -hmm. Go to a website, go to your yeah. phone, yeah. ask for something, and it should be it there should by be. the next day at the latest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. You know, that before people say, oh, that's a white people's problem. It's not a white people's mm -hmm. problem anymore. Like, everyone has that expectation now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And smaller retailers, even, like, so this whole idea of, you know, Main Street. Let's support Main Street. I mean, we mm -hmm. can have a separate discussion about, like, what is Main Street now? Yeah. Yeah. Right? If, yeah. If, if, if things are being delivered and pretty much anything I want I can get within 24 hours, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what is what is what is Main Street like? How how do you save Main Street? Mm. Before you know, remember as we're going, we're we're digressing. But before, remember there was these big arguments. Or like, we're not letting the big box retailers move into our towns. Remember when that was? Yes, of course, of course. Valley, like shit. I don't need to move in your town. Yeah. <laughs> come to your town to close all your businesses because people are just buying their stuff online anyway. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I'll just wait for y'all to close, and then I'll come. I don't even need to fight with you. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a different ball game now. You have this is why going back to technology. Yeah, and what's yeah. happened is that mm. the the um, I am certain the WalMarts, the Targets, the Amazons—they're not saying it, but like COVID has been a blessing in disguise for all of them. Mm -hmm. They've made more money. I they mean, made a lot show, of money and they've money. basically done what they've, they've changed the customer's mindset about buying stuff online 
in a way that would have probably taken a millions of dollars in years to convince people. It's just done now. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. before people like, oh, I don't want to put my credit card online or, oh, I don't know about this delivery. Like people had, and why should I bother? I can just go down the street. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, your credit card's online now. Your yeah. <laughs> yes. Everything is online. Your ID is online. Your yeah. credit card is online. Everything. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. how do you yeah. go back? Yeah, I mean, it's a point of no return to many to many degrees. Um, I think it opens up an opportunity for the black community, especially from the technology perspective in terms of going into the cybersecurity realm, because the more we're online, the less we the more we're susceptible to being fraud, you know, frauded. And then and this is where, again, in the cybersecurity space, is there enough re representation, right? In fact, you talked about uh, and I'm not sure how much we can tab. So let's be with um with caution let's have this discussion in a sense that of google right that fired that uh black uh lady yeah. Yeah. uh the ethical ai and and we've talked about ai i mean we we've, we've spent in a lot of time talking about ai um and i still you know i, I but let's not talk about the ai aspect of it let's talk about more about the representation aspect of it, right? And so I know it has been near and dear to you even while uh, we were negotiating in terms of um, with sponsors and, and so on. One of the main thing that you said is, I'm not gonna discriminate anybody on the, the way that they are unable to pitch their, their business or so on and so forth because our communities are not trained per se in terms of how to pitch, how to do things. So you wanna, so you know, Understanding the reality of technology space, how do you see inclusive innovation incubator online providing services that are necessary, necessary to the community? So talk about the future written in code to talk about. So um, it, it's, it's really is we're, we're, um, we're enablers. That's the way I like to look at it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I tried to use this analogy with Denise, and I, I'm going to kind of mangle it Denise again. Denise is the CFO, just by the way, for other CFO. people that don't know. And yeah. We were talking about investments, and someone always said, like, you invest in the people making the pixels and the axes, right? Mm -hmm. them, right? And so mm -hmm. our approach is like, hey, let's invest in the fundamental skills, right? Mm -hmm. let's, pr mm -hmm. let's provide the training and support for the fundamental skills so that even if the, your first idea dies, you still have the fundamental skills to take it to another idea, or, to another idea, or to become part of a team with those skills that you've learned, which mm -hmm. is why the way we teach our technology training courses are we're teaching you how to build something, right? There's not, a, honestly, there's not a heavy emphasis on algorithms or all the other kind of data structures. It's just about how do you build something, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's mm -hmm. the first step, because if you see the win there, then maybe you'll make the investment to kind of learn all the other ancillary skills and expertise that you need to take it to the next step, right? Mm -hmm. it, as opposed to this eat your peas first before you can do the other thing, right? right? So like one of my challenges when even when I took computer science was, you know, we spent all this time working on algorithms and data structures. I'm like, but I haven't built anything yet. And I was getting bored, right? I mm -hmm. want to see an outcome, right? Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Figuring out how to do a bubble sort is not an outcome for me. Right. Mm, mm. And so that's why we focus on the outcomes, which are something that you can see, feel, and touch. That was an idea that you had that you made real. So then hopefully if you want to make it better, then you'll want to understand the fundamentals underneath it and you'll dig deeper and dive deeper.
So that is it. That is the approach that we use. Technology is a huge enabler. Yeah. Technology is an enabler that can help support the overall growth of our, of our community. And that's why it's a big focus of ours. From the training and support that we provide in, in three labs, it's really about, there's a lot of creative energy that I believe is just pent up in our community, but it needs to be, fortunately or unfortunately, I mean, it's just a reality. There's a specific way that those who control the dollars at this point want to see it delivered to them. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And it is what it is, right? You mm -hmm. can fight it all you want, but you still get, you're still asked out. You got nothing, right? Or you can yeah. say, this is how people want to see content presented. These mm -hmm. are the terms that they want you to understand. This mm -hmm. is how they like to see. So, I mean, uh, here's a perfect example. For the longest time, everyone said, you have to write a business plan. Yeah. So no matter how good your idea was, no matter how great an entrepreneur or marketer you were, if you didn't have a business plan, you couldn't get a meeting. You couldn't get in the door. The bank wouldn't talk to you, right? So yeah. now we've kind of, so then we pivoted to this whole lean model canvas or whatever. Then people are like, mm -hmm. you got to have a canvas. If you don't have a canvas, I'm not going to talk to you. And so we would meet people. I mean, you know this. We would meet people all the time who didn't even know what it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you yeah. don't even know what it is, no matter how good your idea is, you're just not going to get into some rooms. You're just not going to get access to some networks or capital. So then we got to teach how to do that. Then the next big thing is everybody wants to see a pitch deck. Mm -hmm. And a pitch deck <laughs> should have these slides in it. And I want to yeah. see these numbers. And like, if you don't know that, but you have a great idea, you're never going to get access, right? Yeah. So this is what I mean about kind of providing the kind of underlying expertise and experience um, and understanding the, the language or the terminology on how you get into the game, mm -hmm. that's where we want to play, right? Yes. So, yes. you know, you could be the best, you could have the best idea in the world, but if you can't present it in a way that a potential investor or a potential, you know, partner who's seeing tons of deals and tons of opportunities, right? So if you... Mm -hmm. I don't want to give them too many excuses, but if you kind of flip to the other side, right? If I'm looking at a hundred different companies, if I could see all the information in the exact same format, the exact same structure, it makes it a lot easier for me to pick, process it as opposed mm -hmm. to the different format that everybody's bringing in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way the game is now, right? That's the mm -hmm. hustle. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this, is, this is great in a sense because um, one of the things that we, want to talk, what we wanted to address today was the in three, uh, the closure of in three and where in three is going. Um, and I know we are getting about to, to the 20 minute mark um, and past a little bit. And so uh, we will transition for those of us uh, who are on Clubhouse, uh, we will transition this discussion on Clubhouse. We, we will be talking about gaming. Uh, we, oh. Last time you shared with me an article that was quite puzzling about, again, the growing industry. It's getting to like billions of dollars. And again, we're consumers, but not uh, producers. Oh. Um, and I know you have, uh, that it's not just a game. And I, I do believe that you're hosting an event recently. We're trying uh, to soon. figure out kind of what, I mean, so we had, we had partnered with Capital Underground Gaming for the last two years, I think, yeah, two years. Yeah. and we've always done an event around the holidays. And, you know, I reached out to them to say, hey, what is it that we can do just to kind of, you know, stay tethered to the community 
um, this holiday season. So we're, we're trying to figure out, is there something that we can kind of do online to just bring folks together and maybe host a small tournament online or something like that. Um, like I said, it just keeps the community there so that when things start to transition to whatever it's going to be next, you know, we can, we can continue to move forward because, you know, as I stated, you know, gaming's huge. It's, it's, it's I mean, it, the industry just continues to grow. I sent you this uh, link today to this article from Andreessen Horowitz. They have like a whole series on um, what's happening with social media. And if you start to dig into that, I mean, you see where gaming and esports is kind of tied in into all of this. And mm. surprisingly, there's still people who just don't get it. Like, yeah. Just mm. still don't see the potential. I mean, there's still people who don't see the huge potential that's happening in the social media space and kind of the craziness that's going on there. Yeah. Um, the numbers that these guys are kind of blowing out are, are just unbelievable. And the hours of time that people are spending, you know, either in games or um, on platforms that are streaming around games are, 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 are crazy. And like you said, we can talk about some more later, but even like last night, I watched this video. This guy has, you know, a couple of thousand subscribers. He's getting thousands of views on videos and all he's doing, like, it hit me last night how crazy it was. This, this guy had a video on, reviewing a game that won't be released until November of 2021. <laughs> right? um, are you kidding? Right? And thousands of views on this video, right? Mm. Like, and so, because I was thinking about it, it's like these companies right now, they don't even really need to put a lot of marketing dollars in anymore, right? Yeah. They just leak some content Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then these streamers are talking heads on YouTube and these other platforms just create tons of content around these little pieces of information that they're leaking. Yeah. And thousands mm -hmm. of people come <laughs> and watch this stuff and then they're just hungry for more. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's, it's insane. This game, um, Cyberpunk 2077, I think it drops tomorrow. Like they have been hyping this game for months and mm -hmm. a lot of the content generated around it is not even coming from the company who built the game. It's just like a whole community built around it, like generating video content, articles, blog posts, podcasts, all about this game that hasn't even been released yet. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. And this is the buildup because now even their marketing strategy for products have changed. Yeah. You know, because they have this influencer marketing, uh, they're pushing on that more and more and more. But again, it's uh, how does the, the, the black community benefit from it? Because I know your, your program is not just a game, it's all about that. It's how yeah. does the black community stop becoming just consumers, but also producers and owners. Um, so as we're wrapping up, um, a few things that I know we've touched upon is where Inclusive Innovation Incubator is. And will be um, three programs being launched in uh, the beginning of, of next year. Um, two sponsored inclusive innovation labs, one sponsored uh, future written in code. Uh, end of this year, you said that you're hosting, it's not just a game, am I right? Yep, we're gonna, we're oh. working on trying to get something together before the end of the year. Um, and then, you know, we'll have a new, a new website, um, first quarter to, to, to uh, <laughs> one, 2021. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'll start aggressively promoting the work that we're doing. We're always, you know, for anybody who's listening, we are looking for partners slash sponsors um, to sponsors. sponsors for us to bring programming to other areas. So, you know, specifically Fairfax County, kind of um, PG County, 
Montgomery County kind of in our range, um, specifically uh, sponsors or organizations that have community and are looking for the type of programming that we talk about that's intentionally focused on diverse and under-resourced communities. Um, reach out, we're happy to have a conversation and figure out a way for us to kind of work together to bring some programming. So uh, where can they reach you? I mean, in regards if they're interested, a sponsor is interested in having a discussion with you about be it DNI or having a discussion about sponsoring one of the inclusive innovation incubator uh, labs or the future written in code, where can they reach you? They can reach right now, they can reach us uh, directly by just sending an email to info at I, info at I and the number three dc.com. Just kind of give a brief overview, then we'll schedule a, a 30 minute call to kind of have a conversation and then we'll go from there. Um, anybody listening, I'm open to 30 minute calls with most people to kind of sit down and have a conversation about opportunities to work together. Um, I respect your 30 minutes of time, so I ask you to respect my 30 minutes of time. Um, but, you know, it's about building relationships, figuring out how to collaborate, cooperate to kind of keep things moving forward. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, where can they reach you on social media? Aaron K. Saunders on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then for Inclusive Innovation Incubator, it's I-N, the number three, DC, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and the new uh, trend that everybody's following you on is uh, Clubhouse. So where can they reach you on Clubhouse? Uh, I think I'm just Aaron K. Saunders on Clubhouse. Okay, so. beautiful, beautiful. Right. So thank you so much, Aaron. Um, thank you for, for sharing your experience about N3, uh, the Inclusive Innovation Incubator, the physical location in Washington, D.C. That, that has now transitioned online. Uh, the website is n3dc.com, right? And yes, and then N3 Talks, this video can be found on, um, on my YouTube channel, which is Aaron Saunders CI for Fully Innovative. Um, and then the N3 Talks can be found on any place your podcast, but uh, mostly Apple Podcasts. It can be found and then Anchor, which is now Spotify. So it can be found on Apple and Spotify. Oh, lovely. Oh, so Anchor got bought up? Yes. Oh, did not know. Okay. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> all right. Thank, Thank you. Let's transition to, wonderful. Let's transition.